Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uncles and aunties, to all of you who are in the Tao, and to whom the Tao is in, welcome back to the Tao De Jean podcast. This is your host, as always. Shu Lee, with you here on the 25th of July, 2023, for another wonderful, astounding, and profound study into another chapter, chapter 23, we'll be going through today of the Tao Te Ching, this Chinese classic that we've been looking at for the past two years or so now, and we can just never get enough of it. I'm sorry, and I apologize for the time that it's taken to do this episode since my last episode. I believe it's been about a month, and there's no telling when I'm going to do the next episode because as I learned from my lesson before, I make no promises about whether this is going to be a a fortnightly or a monthly series. I try to initially keep it uh, maybe to attempt once a week, but I know that has totally failed. Even once a fortnight as been demanding. Uh, So once a month is probably about how real I'm going to keep things at the moment. Uh, Since my last episode, I've been a bit hung down and tied down by the flu. And uh, it was... It was a sobering experience, I would say, because the flu just forces you to rest. And I think if you don't rest your body, the flu is one of those phenomena in this world that will (laughs) strong arm you to rest and make sure your body gets enough rest, gets enough sleep so that you can rejuvenate and be revitalized for the rest of your upcoming days. And so I'm thankful to nature for that. I'm not sure if that disease is an intentional part of the makeup of the world, if you want to call the design of the universe, but I'm sure that through the observations that I make, that if there's something that causes us to rebalance our lives, then it's a good thing. It can be taken as a good thing. It can be seen from one's perspective and interpreted as a positive phenomenon. Now, what prompted me to 
continue on with this series on to the next chapter is the thought today that if you want to be negative, if you want to be sad, if you want to be depressed, if you want something to be angry about, there is always something or someone that you can be negative about. If you want to be negative, there is always something to be negative about. If you want to be sad, there is always something or someone that you can be sad about. If you want to moan and groan, be depressed, there is always something or someone that you can moan and groan about and be depressed about. If you want to be angry or if you want to stay angry, I think sometimes we choose not to be angry. But through unforeseen circumstances, situations or other people can allow us to cause ourselves anger. And so if we choose to stay in that pit of despair and anger. There is always something in someone. We will always find an excuse. We can always find a reason to be angry, to be sad, to be depressed, to be negative. There is always someone and something. I'm sure if we want to be negative, we can be negative about. Right? Life itself is already as hard as can be for many people. Whether you're a parent or not a parent, but I'm sure parents have a very good understanding and a personal relationship with, with hardship, with suffering, with long suffering, with their children, bringing them up in the way in the way that that, sh that they should go, right? In the way that every parent believes that their child should go, should be brought up in. What kind of environment, what kind of food they should eat, what kind of people that they should hang around with. Parents and people in general are just so busy with the things of the world and trying to survive and live and with this with these vicissitudes of life that we encounter every day things can be negative and things tend to get negative pretty quickly given the circumstances given other people and given how we react to certain circumstances and other people around us, we can very quickly turn sour. Things can go south very quickly. Sometimes because of our own reaction and most of the time, mostly because of our own reaction to certain things. Maybe perhaps because we're not calm about certain things. Maybe because we've taken offense at something that was not meant to cause us offense. Maybe we want to be 
uh, indignant about something, we think we we are morally upright to the point where we think we can judge people if they make a mistake and we're we have the moral high ground to judge others and to be indignant indignant when other people make mistakes not realizing that if we were in a similar situation we may as well have made those mistakes that we're all in one way or another corruptible. So a bit of empathy goes a long way. A bit of me putting myself in someone else's shoes, thinking from someone else's perspective will go a long way into balancing things out in the universe for all of us, making this place a more harmonious and peaceful existence for us all to dwell in as one big family. You know that we are all one big family, whether we're religious or not. People who belong to the same religion tend to call them each member's of their religion, brothers and sisters. Well, that's what I'm replicating exactly right here on this podcast. It's not that I'm trying to start a new religion. It's that right from the beginning of the universe, we're all, because we're all born from the Tao, the one Tao that has given life to many, we are in essence brothers and sisters belonging to the same universe. I'm not talking about brothers and sisters in one faith, in a religious point of view, but brothers and sisters in one big family in the Tao, as in we all were birthed from the earth. We were birthed from the universe in that sense. We're all related. We're all flesh and bone. I don't see another human being made out of metal, aluminium, steel. No. Right? Even the man of steel, Superman, is made out of flesh and bone. Flesh, flesh and bone, if you didn't realize that. We're all made out, made out of flesh and bone. Okay? And all our minerals from our bodies can be traced back to minerals from the earth and from the world around us, from the universe. And that's why we breathe in gases that have pre-existed before us. We breathe in those gases for life. We're dependent on other elements in this universe And that's why we are so respectful of this universe as people who follow the way of the Tao. So the one thought I came in to this episode covering chapter 23, the one thought that propelled me to this point to want to 
continue on with this series is the thought if you want to be negative, there is always something or someone to be negative about. So in that case, if there is always someone or something to be negative about, then that means that it is harder, it is more difficult to choose to be positive. Is that not right? So if it's more difficult to be positive, then being positive is a challenge in life, in the everyday life. You know, I think some of us believe that being positive is just this trivial act. Smiling and greeting people is this menial base type of a job or a duty that we have to do. That it's not important to go around greeting people positively. It's That's for door greeters. That's for service people. No, we're all high white-collar professionals. We don't have to mix with the blue-collar people. We don't have to mix with the proletariat. We are the neo-aristocrats. We are the managerial class. We are the elite of society. We're like royals. We're celebrities. We don't have to go around and be positive and greet people and be nice to people and serve people in a positive, kind, polite, empathetic attitude. All those things are for weak people. All those things are left for the people who work in customer service because that's their job to greet people nicely, to treat people nicely. We have to adjust our attitudes right now and start to realize that greeting people and being positive is actually a challenge for us. And for many of us, it may not come naturally. In fact, maybe for most of us. Greeting people and being positive may not come naturally. But we know through scientific investigation, through social science, and also through science, that greeting people and being positive every day actually contributes to our overall happiness in life and can improve health outcomes, if we want to put it in very official terminology. It improves your health. It makes you happier. It makes you a better person, so to speak. It may not make you richer financially. It may not help you to acquire more material possessions. But we know through the experience of rich people, 
financially rich people that it is not their material possessions that has really brought them health and happiness. It is their careers, success in their careers, in their various fields of careers that have brought them financial wealth. That is true, but that most of them will say through the experience that it is not those things that eventually gives them and leads them to happiness or health. It is the social interactions with people. And it is, to be precise, the positive social interactions with people. And so on the flip side, if you have or happen to have a negative interaction with someone throughout your day, throughout your week, it has a negative impact upon your well-being in general. You know, because you'll come back grumbling about it to your spouse, to your family. You won't feel happy about it personally, and you won't go to bed happy that night. You know, you may even have that and be hung over on the negative thoughts that it will affect you negatively for the rest of your week, perhaps. And some things can even affect you negatively in the long term. Like when I had a very stressful job in the past, that impacted upon my psychological well-being. And in such a negative way that I just became miserable. I was totally miserable as a person. And I knew that I had to leave that profession behind. Or I had to leave working for that institution, for that department, for that job behind. Even though I did love the actual job of teaching at at, a school, but the people you work for, if they don't respect you, then respect doesn't go around, right? You know, it takes two to tango. As the saying goes, and then if there is someone or something in your life holding you back from being the full version of you, then it's time to usher them out of your life. You command them to leave your thoughts, leave your mind. Now, it may not be necessarily these people at all. These people are there. Certain people are there. They happen to be there. Coincidentally, had nothing to do with you. They're just playing their roles. And sometimes they have to do what they feel is right. And personally, it's got nothing to do with you. So you don't take it personally. But if it happened to negatively impact on your own 
social and psychological well-being, then you have to take the responsibility to move on, to get out of that situation. Like I did. I took on the responsibility and I moved on with my life. And it didn't matter that I had to take a pay cut. I reached a point in my life where I discovered, where I realized that your mental well-being is a lot more important. Your social, psychological well-being and happiness and sanity is a lot more important than a few thousand dollars per year, right? So... At the end of the day, you can sacrifice a few thousand dollars, but you cannot sacrifice your sanity. You cannot sacrifice your own happiness, and you cannot sacrifice your own family. It may sound strange saying this, but I had a thought, another thought, about wealth and happiness the other day. And that if you... If someone came along, someone like Elon Musk, someone like uh, Bill Gates, these famous people, someone like Jack Ma, these famous billionaires, these very famous people who've become famous for their success in their careers. Now, these one of these people came along to me and... Wanted and offered me to swap their lives for mine. Question is, would I say yes? Would you say yes? If one of these rich, famous people, like Elon Musk, for example, came along to you and said, do you want to swap our lives? You can be the millionaire that I am now, and I'll just be the normal person that you are. Would you swap your life over? With theirs. And I thought about it, but I realized within one second, I realized that if I was given this offer, I would not swap my life for anyone else's life. Even for Elon Musk's life, even for Jack Ma's life, even for the, for the all the wealth in the world for a billion, trillion dollars, I would not swap it. I would not sell my children. I would not sell my wife. I would not swap my situation to be in their situation. And I wouldn't need to think about it. My knee-jerk reaction would be no. I would not. Right? I'm not by any means wealthy right now. And I would not by any means swap or sell my children and my family to be in Elon Musk's position, for example. Just using his name, for example. Just using his status, for example. I would not swap all that I have for all that he has. It's a very simple question. And it requires no thinking whatsoever. And I'm sure most people would feel the same way. Maybe especially those people with their own family, with their own children. They would not swap that for a billion dollars or a trillion dollars. Because those 
that kind of material wealth is irrelevant without the love and the support of your own family. Irrelevant. So, I just realized that it is good to be me. And I must be the full version of myself. And if there's anyone or anything that is holding me back from being me, anyone or anything holding you back from being you, the full version of you, the full positive version of you, we have to usher those thoughts out. It's time. And I realize that it is not a personal attack upon anybody or any of my friends from the past that have refused to or shown any lack, they've shown lack of enthusiasm to continue in a relationship with me. Or they show pretty much nothing, no response to my messages. They don't respond. You know, certain people, you know, you message them, they don't respond. Or they will give you or show you a tokenistic response and then they will ghost you. They will not continue to converse with you anymore. And you realize through that the type of attitude, the type of relationship that, from their point of view that they have of you, what kind of attitude they have towards you, you realize that pretty quick through the kind of response they give you. And so when you suss that out, when you know what that is, when you realize what they're thinking, you know how it is. And so we need to respond with the appropriate response. You know, I discovered recently that a few of my old friends have become kind of lukewarm towards my my messages. Right? You would met you message them and they will not really message you back. You try to set up a time to meet up with them and they would pay you some lip service but they would not take it seriously. You know, they say, oh, let's do it in two weeks. Let's do it on the, on the vacation, on the holidays. But and then they don't initiate anything later on. And you discover that it's just you initiating. Then you start to realize who your friends are, who your real friends really are. And whether or not it, it is time for you to move on in your thought, in your thoughts, Right? Because what you think can seriously hold you back from moving on in your own life, from fully enjoying life and being the full version of you. We need to focus on being the full version of ourselves in order to fully enjoy the happiness that is due to us. We can't be allowing other people to dictate that happiness, to dictate our own personal satisfaction. If it takes two to tango. So if they're not going to tango, 
we have to let them go. We have to usher those negative thoughts and the negative thoughts of those people out of our lives, out of our minds. And we have to be careful not to take it out on those people personally. They may have certain circumstances that stop them, that impede them from reaching out to us. That's fine. But from our personal point of view, if someone or something is holding you back, is stopping you from moving on, we need to usher them out of our minds. And I discovered that. I learned that lesson recently. I cannot hold on to the past. I cannot hold on to those negative thoughts. I cannot hold on to those people. I would not say negative people. I would just say negative thoughts, my own personal negative thoughts about those people, my own feelings. I cannot dwell on those negative feelings that I have for those people. They are going to stop me from being the full version of me. Chapter 23 of the Tao Te Ching begins like this. Xi yan zi ran. Xi yan means few words. Zi ran means natural. To be taciturn is in accordance with nature. So xi yan, to say few words, xi being few, yan being words, zi ran means nature, or to be in accordance with nature. To say few words is natural, or to be in accordance with nature. Gu piao feng bu zhong zhao bu zhong zhao gu piao feng bu zhong zhao piao feng is a wanton wind, is a wind. Piao is blowing and then feng is wind. Bu zhong zhao does not last all morning. Okay. Zhou yu, zhou yu, the sudden rain, bu zhong ri, does not last all day. This is the opening of chapter 23 of the Tao Te Ching. It talks about three elements here in relationship with nature. Firstly, your words, yan, then the wind, feng, and then the, the rain, which is yu. Right? And all those words are still used in modern Mandarin today. Yu yan, yan means language. Piao feng, feng is wind, gua feng, and yu, xia yu is rain. Okay? Now, why does it talk about these three elements? Why does it bring them up in relationship with nature? Because there's one thing here, the first thing that it mentions is yin, and that's got to do with the human being. Because the human beings have language. 
and human beings have the ability to control language that comes out of our mouths. And you see, so some of us have the tendency to overdo this language thing, over talk, right? So what happens is the Tao, the Jing, the Tao is wanting us to balance our thoughts and our words. To rebalance, to readjust means if there's too much of something, we need to bring that in. We need to control it a little bit more. <laughs> to control what we say is accordance with nature. Then it says, look, look at the, look at the wind. It says, look at the wind, right? It points to nature and elements in nature. Look at the wind. It does not last all morning. It does not last forever, does it? The wind blows and then it stops. Right? It may blow an hour, two hours, half a day, but it's going to stop. It's not going to blow the whole week long, right? Even a, a fierce wind like a hurricane or a tornado, it's going to blow, but then it's going to go, right? It doesn't stay forever. Then it says the wind, the wind, yes, the wind can come suddenly, but and then it just, it can go suddenly as well. The rain does fall, but it will not last the whole day. All right. This is, of course, you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's saying the rain comes and then the rain will eventually stop, whether it comes for one minute, one day, one week, but it'll eventually stop. So the wind comes. And it stops. The rain comes and it stops. Your words come and they must also stop. Right? Nobody can keep on talking 24 hours a day. It's going to make you thirsty. It's going to give you a headache. <laughs> I've experienced that before. Talking a lot, talking too much gives you a headache. So, this is what the Tao is saying. We need to readjust and rebalance, rebalance our words according to nature. And when we get lost about how to live, we can look at the elements in nature. We can look at the, the wind. We can look at the rain. And we realize that these things come and then they go. Same as the people who I was talking about before. These people whom we have negative emotions towards because of lack of communication, because of lack of interest on their behalf, lack of enthusiasm. They don't want to tango with us. So if that's the case, we realize that the wind comes and it goes. The rain comes and it goes. It may have made you feel good. For one time, 
for two times, for a moment in time, but and then it will go, and then we expect them to go. Right? So people also behave like the wind and like the rain. The wind can give you a certain sort of comfort at certain times, like on a hot day, a cool wind can cool you down, can make you feel relieved. But and then, same as the shade. You know, you can be relieved from the heat in the shade, but the shade's not going to last forever. It's not going to last all day. And the shade, throughout the day, it will move into different positions as well. Right? So, take it from nature. The wind comes, the wind goes. The rain comes, the rain goes. Then it says, who makes it? Shu wei zi zhe. Shu is who. Shu is the old, one of the old words, classical Chinese words for shei, which is who. Shu wei zi zhe. Zi zhe. Zi means this. Right? Who makes it like this? And then it says, Tian Di. Tian Di makes it like this. Tian Di is heaven and earth. Tian is heaven, Di is earth. We still use those words today. Tian Di, heaven and earth, makes this happen. And it's true. From a scientific point of view, heaven and earth causes the wind and the rain. Tian Di Shang Bu Neng Jiu. Uh, so it talks about the heaven and earth now. It talks about the mother and the father of the rain and the wind now. The creators of the rain and the wind. The causes of the rain and the wind. The parents of the rain and the wind. If heaven and earth cannot make it last long... If heaven and earth cannot make the rain and the wind last long, then how can human beings make it last? Do you see the reasoning behind this? Firstly, heaven and rain... No, sorry. Heaven and... No, sorry. Firstly, the wind and the rain comes from heaven and earth. It does not come from human beings. Human beings are a third party to this. Human beings are an observer to this. We have no impact. We have no influence. We have no say in when the wind comes and when the rain comes. Heaven and earth makes that happen. Right? Heaven and earth dictates the motions of the the wind and the rain. Now, but even heaven and earth does not make the wind and the rain last forever or even for too long. If heaven and earth who creates the wind and the rain does not make the wind and the rain last long, how can human beings make the wind and the rain last long? 
right? We have absolute no control over what the wind and the rain does or what they do. We have absolutely no control as human beings. We are pure observers. We are the audience. We watch them. And we take their lead. Right? They do not emulate us. The wind and the rain do not emulate us. They do not envy us. They do not admire us. Like we admire ourselves. Like we admire celebrities and we worship the elite class, for example. And we are jealous and wish that we could be like the wealthy and the elite. No. Heaven and earth have no regard for that. In fact, we should be emulating them. We should be imitating heaven and earth. We should be imitating the wind and the rain. We should be studying the wind and the rain and realizing that that's how the world works. People come and people go. And we have no control over them. And, and you know, sometimes we have a, a good friend, a best friend, and then they suddenly leave us for whatever reason. And we have no control over that. And we cannot make them. We cannot make them stay with us if they don't want to. Or for some <clears throat> unbeknown reason, some reason we don't know about, or some unfortunate reason that they have left us, we cannot make them stay. Just as much as we can make the rain stay or make the wind stay, we cannot. And even nature does not make these things last forever. Okay? But one thing we can do, so it carries on here, it says, but a man of the Tao conforms to the Tao. So it talks about what we can do. Talks about what we cannot do. Now it talks about what we can do. A person of the Tao can conform to the Tao. A person of the Du can conform to the Du. Right? A person of having neither the principle a person of having neither to the principle of losing both above. So a person who does not have the Tao and a person who does not have the Du, a person who does not have the Way, a person who does not have virtue, then loses both of them and cannot have any. But a person who conforms to the Tao is readily received by the Tao. Okay. 故从事于道者,同于道,德者同于德。德者 is the person who is the virtuous one, who chooses, who follows the virtuous ways. 同于德 will be a person of the virtuous ways. Shuja, but the Shuja, the Shuja is the person who loses. Right? Shu means to lose. Shuja, 
同于失。The person who chooses not to have any of those principles will lose them both. 同于道者 ，the person who follows and embraces and conforms to the Tao， 同于道者，道亦乐得之。The Tao is ever ready and all too willing to embrace that person. 道亦乐得之，乐得之。To be happy, to be ever ready. To embrace that person, so if you embrace the Tao, the Tao will embrace you, and that's something we have control over, and that's something that is very realistic. We cannot make anybody last forever. We cannot make anything. We cannot make any. Happiness or moment of happiness, because all happiness is momentary and transitory. You notice when you eat a, a piece of chocolate, it makes you happy for a few seconds, and then the taste dissipates, and then you have to keep on eating more to maintain that enjoyment, that level of enjoyment. And then when it finishes, you feel sad again. You notice that? Well, that doesn't happen with the Tao because the Tao is everywhere, and the Tao is ever ready. It's all around you, is within you, and is ever ready. Person who conforms to the Tao will be readily received by the Tao. So this is what it means by we need to focus on the Tao. We need to realize how nature works, so that we don't get caught up with being pulled down by negative things and negative people in the world, or these negative attitudes. If it's not negative people, because sometimes people are clouded, right? People's sense of judgment are clouded. They don't fully understand what's going on in this universe, and that's why it may cause them to behave erratically, or behave angrily, or behave in negative ways towards you. And then it, the neg negativity brushes off on you, right? But it's important to be positive people, as I explained before. Because to be positive is actually a challenge. To be positive is actually the harder thing to do. And when something is the harder thing to do, and we choose to do it, we grow from it. We learn from it. We come. We become stronger people because of it. Right. So never look down upon, or never condescend to the. To the people who are always happy and happily greeting you with a smile and doing the customer service thing with you, never condescend to them, never look down upon them. Appreciate those people and appreciate those ways 
the way of the smile, the way of happiness, the way of the greeting, because those things will actually lift you up in a world that is trying to pull you down. You notice all this advertising around us? Do you think the advertising around us that's so prevalent is lifting us up? Do you think the purpose of those ads are to lift us up as people? Or do you think the purpose of those ads are to subtly pull us down? in certain ways, to attract us, to do certain things, to influence us to do certain things that may not really contribute to our happiness, but it may contribute to someone else's momentary happiness. Have a think about it. Every time you see an ad, think about why it exists. Think about how will it impact you and think about the reactions, what kind of attitudes, what kind of strategies, what kind of reactions we're going to have towards those things that are constantly bombarding our lives and have the ability and the potential to create negativity in our thoughts. They have the potential to create a bond with our emotions that will emotionally drag us into the dirt. This is the importance of the image of the phoenix why we should rise like a phoenix from the ashes, that mystical, mythological bird of power, of brilliance, that sparkles with fire. <clears throat> this is the importance of the imagery and the symbolism of the phoenix. We should be like the, the phoenix. That's why when people ask me how I am, I'm over saying I'm good. I say I'm sparkling, sparkling like a phoenix today. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm sparkling like a phoenix. I'm shining like a diamond. Anything that will lift up the spirits of people. Anything that will firstly lift up my own spirit so that I'm constantly aware that I need to be the full version of myself. And this, I believe, has a positive impact upon other people as well. So, just a simple smile, just a simple greeting, just a simple positivity, simple positive words can uplift people 
around you. You don't have to be some big shot, some big name. And even if you are, you're still a human being, just like the rest of us. We're still made of flesh and bone. We can still get sick. Do you think that people like some big shot like Jack Maher and Elon Musk and Bill Gates, they cannot get sick? <clears throat> no, we're all human beings. Doesn't matter what company we established, how much funds we're rolling in on a daily basis, we are still human beings. And as the Tao Te Ching has told us, the wind comes, but it doesn't last. The rain comes, and it doesn't last. So material wealth can come into your life. You can momentarily have a lot of money, but one day you're not going to be able to take it with you. This is a fact of life. It's undeniable. But the person who confirmed conforms to the Tao and embraces the Tao and the Du will be readily received by the Tao and the Du for the rest of eternity. Right? Then the Tao Te Ching, chapter 23, ends with this sentence. The lack of faith on the part of the ruler leads to the lack of confidence in him on the part of the people. This reads like your traditional political advice. Okay, now in the original, doesn't make reference to any leader or political leader here. Whereas in the English, it does. It, because it makes the assumption that this is giving advice to a ruler. Okay. But all, as I've said before, we can always take this advice for our own personal needs. You may be a ruler. You may be a king, a prince, an aristocrat, a political advisor, a member of the elite a member of the upper class, a member of the business class. You may be a middle income earner. You may be of lower so-called social economic status. It doesn't matter. We're all one in the Tao. We all came from the Tao and we will all go back to the Tao. Regardless of what so-called social status you have, which is all manufactured by this material world and the lust, not material world, but the lust for the material things. It's all been manufactured by the lust of the material things that human beings tend to have, which is, tend to cause us lots of problems, right? It's not something that we should really admire about ourselves, is it? That we have created nuclear weapons, that we have been so intelligent to create such a weapon. We cannot be proud about something like that. 
that we have to create these weapons in order for us to live peacefully because then there is the threat of country A having nuclear weapons and country B having nuclear weapons so it equalizes the situation. It's not something that we should be proud about. I mean, why couldn't we just live in peace without nuclear weapons? Why couldn't we just love each other and be positive and live in harmony without the threat of the other party having nuclear weapons in the first place. Did anyone think of that? No. See, this is the corruption of humankind, that we've been corrupted by, by our lusts, by our need for so-called advancement and progress. Why? To, the, to, to what? To what, it, to what purpose? So that we can look at each other as enemies and threaten each other with nuclear weapons? Is this the epitome of, of science, of human knowledge, of human wisdom, of, of thousands of years of civilization? Right? At the end of the day, so we can sit at a desk for, for 10 hours? <laughs> to what purpose? Is, is that the epitome of civilization? Is that what we have to show as human beings? Because if that's the, if that's the, the golden age of our wisdom, we should be ashamed of ourselves. We, we have not realized what living is all about. We have not discovered what life we have not discovered what life is. We do not know if that's what we think life is, is to compete against one another and to threaten each other with eradication. Jeez, this is, we're in a big pit, a dark pit, bottomless pit, if, if that's what we think human life is all about. If, if that's what we think economy and, and politics is all about, we're in a big pit that we cannot come out of. That's why we need the Tao Te Ching. That's why we need philosophy like this to put us on the right track. Right? If we don't believe that we should take our cue from nature, then where are we going to take it from? From our own corrupted lenses of, of lust? From our own greed? Right? If we don't believe that we're all one, what are we going to believe? That we're all, that we're all fighting against each other. So we have to have faith in ourselves, that we are part of the Tao, and that other people are part of the Tao as well, that we should all be cooperating with one another. And this is what leads to the confidence, the true confidence, the right type of confidence. Right. <clears throat> and this is all we have time for people today. I thank you for joining me for another episode of the Dao Te Ching podcast. And I look forward to seeing you and sharing with you and having you 
for the next episode. Have a lovely day.